Hello, welcome back to the club. My name is Alex and I am your host and healer. Hello, my gorgeous healed hotties. How are we today? As we can clearly see, I am back and better than ever. I obviously still have like a little something something in my throat, but um, I at least feel like I am on the mend. I feel like I can move around. I like last week, I'm not kidding. I felt like every time I went to record this podcast, I had to pause every 10 minutes and like blow my nose, cough it out, do something disgusting. But like this week, there's there's no nastiness. There is no nastiness. We are just here and living our best life. And I actually want to talk about how, I, how much better I feel and some of the things I did to get there. And we'll talk about it definitely at the end of the podcast for our healed hotties hot takes. But before we dive in, I want to remind everybody, if you have been loving this content, if you've been loving the podcast, please, ooh, that was a good note, please like, subscribe, comment, depending on whatever platform you're listening to this on, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It is so helpful and beneficial to my podcast and to this platform um, if you like and subscribe. That's what boosts me up and that's what's going to get other healed hotties to find us and it's just going to grow the club. So if you have a moment, if you have some kind words, I would absolutely love if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Woo! Okay, so let's dive on into my mental health mome. My mental health moment. She's okay. She's so okay. She's good. I think that what was really helpful for me over the last couple weeks is that I've been allowing myself to rest whenever I needed it, especially with last week feeling sick. I posted this on my Instagram and I had a lot of people really interested, but I'm like, I'm a very natural home remedy girly. I'm not somebody who's always loved taking certain substances and pills and I don't know, like medications to feel better. I'm Dominican and I feel like my family believes in just like wipe Vicks all over your body and like inhale it at some point and you'll feel better, which I actually 1000% do agree with. I, I know it's like not the best for my insides, but I was able, I think one of the best cure-alls that I had this past week was I've been fermenting garlic and honey and every time I'm not feeling great, I take like a little swig of it. And I feel, or I felt so much better pretty immediately, but like, I really think that's something that just helped get my immune system back on track. And so I'm going to be taking a swig of it every couple of days, um, just like a little teaspoon of it. It's really, really, I mean, if you like the taste of garlic, it really doesn't taste bad. If you don't like garlic or you're really opposed, it's probably a much harder dose, but I've really, really enjoyed it. I felt that it was super supportive and I'm committed to finding even more little home remedies to have at home. And again, like we'll talk about this at the end of the pod, but I 1000% feel so much better and I am so wildly grateful for everyone's well wishes. And I, if you're an astrology girly, you know, last week was an eclipse and I'm not kidding. Every single person I spoke to was either starting to get sick, going through it. And my astrologist best friend confirmed it was the eclipse. So now that we've moved through it, we're all feeling happy, healthy and living our best lives, which is amazing. So I try to find this really interesting balance of like having a life and being outside in the world and enjoying being just a human and also rest. And I think that it's really hard for someone like me to actively choose yet 
I'm sorry, to actively choose rest all the time because one, I'm always on the go. Two, I have a constant fear of missing out. Like I don't ever want to miss a thing. And three, I find I'm the most lit up when I'm connecting with others. I think we've talked about this on the pod before. I'm an extroverted introvert. I love being outside, connecting with others, and like I'm the most open person you'll ever possibly meet. And and at the same exact time, once that social battery has hit max capacity, uh-uh, girlfriend, you better throw me back in the house. I need to sit quietly in, like, a dark room by myself scrolling TikTok. Like, I need my own time to recharge. So with that being said, I try my best to just give myself Sundays off where it's, like, I'm not working on anything. Like, I'm not cleaning the house. I'm literally going to sit and watch football with or without my husband and, like, mindlessly sit there and just veg. Well, this past weekend... I was not able to do that because there was a family event, but that family event was electric. Like, it literally lit me up. I had the most amount of fun. It was incredible. I was so happy to be there. Um, We celebrated my uncle's birthday, and it just such great vibes, great people, just really, really fun. And so with that being said, I definitely woke up today, which it's Monday. I woke up today, and I was, like, exhausted, so tired, so energetically tired, so drained, so just craving space to do nothing. And so I think the older and older I get, the more I realize that, like, a two-day work week is just not – I'm sorry – A five-day work week with two days off is just really not supportive to the average person. Like, as I'm in my later 20s, and I can only imagine as my life is going to continue to expand, I don't know how you just get two days. Two days to relax, to recharge, to rest, to clean, to do laundry. Like, when when are we doing our laundry? Can someone let me know? Can someone let me know what we're doing? Because... I am so behind on all of these very mundane personal practices, but if I was to force myself to do them, I'm still practicing exhaustion. And I'm sharing this with you all, not to like mindlessly talk about the house chores that are not getting done in my personal home, but rather to say like, you're not alone. Like if you are sitting here and you're like, girl, the I have a load, a load of things to do. And I right now could do all of them. And just continue to practice burnout and exhaustion and, like, not feel good at all. Or I can instead decide actively for myself that, like, I'm going to rest. And, like, it's okay that these things aren't getting done because, like, I need a hot second. And I'm sharing this all because I think sometimes we think there's, like, a right or a wrong decision. Or we are or we're we're not doing enough. Or we, like feel good it's 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 a lot like it's I feel like you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't like do the laundry clean the house make it pristine and perfect and or be exhausted or feel rested recharged but feel like you somehow haven't been able to complete the things that really matter to you that are mundane and they're basic but you know and I was even having this conversation with somebody that was like oh okay so like what you're telling me is is that the type of lifestyle I've chosen for myself I'm eventually going to have to get into a position or be in a place where like I have somebody who comes and maybe cleans my house or maybe I drop off my laundry to get done somewhere or you know like there's obvious solutions to this but that's just like we're not we're not talking about the obvious solutions right now we're talking about the like underneath it all it just sometimes never feels like 
I'm doing enough or sometimes I feel like I have to make really tough decisions that like are a a win-lose no matter what and that's okay. I want to normalize for everyone out there that sometimes you do have to make these very strange and random decisions that feel very counterintuitive or counterproductive and that that's okay. You are living your best human experience. You are doing your best and whatever decision you've decided to make, whether that's sitting and doing the laundry or letting it pile one extra day just so that you can recharge and get grounded and be energized, whatever decision you've made for yourself, as long as it's the decision you knew in your gut and in your soul is the one to make, then you're doing the right thing. I feel like sometimes when I ask for advice from my friends or my family about these topics, I feel like we're so, we're trying so hard all the time to find the right thing to do. What's the best thing to do? How do I make the most out of this situation? And I I think that what we would all benefit from is if we just took five steps back and said, you know what, like I need to take care of me right now. Who fills you up? Who fills up your cup? Who lets you feel whole and seen in your experience? And sometimes you might have to give that back to yourself. And so to bring us back, I decided that today was going to be that day for myself or tomorrow might be. Whichever day is going to feel the best, I have decided for myself that like I'm going to take active time this week to maybe let my laundry sit on the ground for a day longer or you know, not clean my house to the way that I exactly wanted it clean because I need space to recharge, to feel my best, to pour back into myself. And when I pour into myself, I get to pour into others. Sometimes you need to like take 10 steps back and really acknowledge what you're doing or what you're sacrificing. Like, does making sure that your kitchen is extra, extra clean today, is that is that going to be the most impactful way for you to recharge, re-energize? The answer might be yes. Like, And don't get me wrong, I have days like that where I'm like, no, actually this being clean is going to make me feel so much better. But like, just, it's okay. It's okay to take a seat. It's okay to rest. I don't know how the Western world is going to continue to make it with just having two days of weekends. Like, I, I don't get it. But hopefully... In my business, one day I can look and have a this is how you work three days, four days a week and still have an impactful amount of income and like live your best life. More to come on that. Keep manifesting that with me, friends, because your girl, your girl ain't cut out for this. She was tired. Another piece of my mental health that I thought was really interesting this week, and this might be very niche, like not everyone will get this, but I actually purposely put this in my notes Because I had a huge realization of it while I was in the shower the other day. And I felt it. this was the perfect space to share. It's going to be very niche. Not everyone's going to understand, but that's okay. Okay, so it reads as follows. I've realized that myself, as well as many of my friends, have this subconscious idea that everyone thinks we're dumb. Same thing for the girlies that that have a trillion different certificates or a bunch of degrees. You feel like you constantly have to explore further education or you have to prove to someone that you're not an idiot in certain spaces. And I'm bringing this up because I think that while this is probably a very niche thing, what we can all agree on is sometimes we feel like we have to over explain or just like really get our opinion out there and like make sure it's really clear and like we have to be really refined in the way we're saying things because I think subconsciously there's this underlying fear and I mean for myself and for the friends I've spoken to recently that we're just we're not being taken seriously 
that we're not being seen in our, you know, zones of genius. We're not being understood to just really know what we're talking about. And I wanted to bring this up because I think that we can be really hard on ourselves. It's very easy to feel like we're not good enough at what we're doing or what we're doing isn't being done to its number one, a million percent incredible ability. Like we, we give ourselves these like super big expectations, these super big shoes to fill. And even when we fill them with grace and we fill them with ambition and like it actually gets done, I think that we have this this thing within ourselves that like it's it's just never enough it's not enough and I don't exactly know where to draw that down to myself I think that like I've just always been a really ambitious person and I've always wanted to be the best at everything I do and so a natural fear I have is like okay well if I want to be the best at everything I do what if I'm just simply not What if I'm not the best? What if I'm not good at this? What if I don't get to where I want to go? What if I'm a failure? What if I'm unsuccessful? And I think the way that a lot of us offset that fear is, well, I can't be unsuccessful. I can't fail if I'm a genius in it. So let me go and study it 10 times over. Let me go and learn as much as I can so this way I could say that I have this certificate or this degree or I could say that I did this extensive amount of research. Like it's, it's just never enough that we could just happen to know about this thing and that we're good at it. I'll give you a personal example so it doesn't sound so vague. I, I'm an entrepreneur as we all know And I'm in my later 20s, but I've always picked careers for myself that are just probably careers that people that are a little bit older than me and a little bit more experienced go through. I was managing yoga studios in LA and I was 21 years old. I was, and like, we're talking like, I'm hiring people. I am coaching people. I am in charge of the revenue of an entire establishment. And I never went to college. I never had a degree or a course or something under my belt that would quote unquote qualify me to be the best person at that job. But what made me the best person at that job was that I knew what I was doing all the time. I knew, I know how money works. I know how, especially that business, I knew exactly what that business needed. I'm an incredible listener. I pick up quickly. I, when I want something and when I want to be good at something, I'm going to be the best at it. So I'm going to study it. I'm going to take all my extra time learning about it. I'm going to show up to it. And so if anything, what my life has been a testament to, or at least my adult life, is that you're not defined by your degree, your certificates, and what you can like prove to somebody you know. Your work defines you. And not your work is in the title. Your work is in the ethic, the actual like putting the sentence together, doing the things. You know, and that's the same thing. Like, I don't think you need another great example that I've always looked at the same way is like, I don't need to like birth a child to be an incredible mother, right? Like, if you think about all the different ways, whether you have family situations where families have lost a mother and a sister now has to turn into that role, you have families where they've just chosen the adoption route or they were what we call quote unquote foster fails, where it's like you're fostering kids, you fall in love with a kid and now you're a mother to that. Like being like you didn't have to go through pregnancy. You didn't have to go through the traditional stepping stones in order to be, excuse me, in order to be a really good mother. Your work, though, 
the way you showed up, the things you accomplished, that's the shit that's going to make you an incredible mother. And so I'm saying all this to say, I think we can get really, really, really tough on ourselves when we talk about certain topics that don't seem typical for us to talk about or typical for us to be experts in. And so we carry this fear of like, oh, like you, mu- like you must not know how smart I am. You must think I'm dumb. You must not think I know better. It comes up really often even in, you know, like, for example, my, my relationship, I can really vulnerably share. Like, I'll never forget when tax season came around and like I literally, my husband was looking at me and was like, okay, we need all of this. We need that. We need to do this. We need to do that. And like, I had to stand up and be like, no, that's wrong. Like, as a business owner, I've done a lot of research in this. I understand this really thoroughly. And like, I'm actually going to take the reins on this and I'm going to take care of this. And like, luckily for us, like, luckily for me, like, I have a husband who, like, really respects me and does see how smart I am and does see me as an intelligent person and trusts me. So, like, I was able to take the reins and run with it. But, like, that's that's that piece of it where I think that there was a part of me even for a second that was afraid to speak up and be like, no, I know what I'm talking about here. And, like, the reason why I know what I'm – why – I'm talking about is because I've lived enough life I've gone through enough things and like I have the experience that's going to let us both have the information necessary for us to successfully get this done and again like I'm just saying this to say like you are smart you are intelligent you do know what you're doing and even if it doesn't look like it even if you don't have all the backings that the traditional person might have You are smart. You do not need to have a fear that someone's not taking you seriously. If they're not taking you seriously at the table, that's a them problem. That should not define you. That should not limit you. That should not make you feel less than. If someone's not valuing your opinion about something, that doesn't mean that your opinion is less than theirs. That just means that they're not ready to see you, not only in your bigness, but to see that you might know more than them, to see that you actually know what you're doing. That's their own problem. And I think this is a fear that I really want to sit and I really want to eradicate. I don't want to feel this way anymore. I don't want to feel like when I talk about certain things, whether it's within my business, whether it's in my life, I don't want to feel like I am not taking seriously or that I'm not smart. And it's funny, I brought this up to my friend the other day because it was a huge unlock I had where I was like, oh my God, I'm afraid that, or like, I have a fear that people don't see how smart I am, that they don't see that like, I know what I'm talking about, that like, they don't see me to be this person who can be loud, that can be eccentric, that can be explosive in the way I communicate, but it doesn't change the fact that I know what the hell I'm talking about and I know what I'm doing and I'm I am a businesswoman at the end of the day. Just because I like flail around in hot outfits and like call you ladies my healed hotties. At the same exact time, parallel to that, I I run a very successful, very integral, beautiful business and I know what I'm doing. And I think that it's something we all could use is that you don't need to over explain yourself. You don't need to like prove why you know the things you know. You don't have to have a fear of not being good enough or failing or of needing to prove that you know what you're doing. You have nothing to prove to anybody. If somebody doesn't want to take your advice, if someone doesn't want to see you, someone doesn't want to experience you in your zone of genius, baby girl, that is not your problem. And we're going to talk about that again in the Healed Hotties takes at the end, at the end of this episode. We'll talk about it, but again, like it's not your issue. 
I really hope that if you are somebody who resonated, resonated, if you are somebody who resonated with what I'm saying, I really want you to take on this next week in stride. I really want you to think to yourself, damn, I don't need to prove to you how good I am at this. I don't need to prove to you how smart I am. The only thing I need to do is get more grounded in my bag. Only thing I need to do is get more grounded in who I am and what I'm doing. And it is completely up to you if you want to see me, if you want to be in my, in, in, you know, my bigness, if you want to understand that I do know what I'm talking about and then take my advice or don't, who knows, but there's a layer of respect there. Obviously, you obviously should always be respected. You should always be able to maintain that at least decency with anybody you talk to. But unfortunately, we're not all given that space. And sometimes that projection can make us feel less than. I don't want you to feel less than. You shouldn't be felt less than. You are incredible. And the re- how, how do I know you're incredible? Like I might not know your specific name recording this podcast but how do I know you're incredible because you've decided to sit here or stand wherever you are listen to this and start shaking your head and say yes I know absolutely yes that's how I know you're incredible is because you you recognize that you have done a lot of work to be the woman you are you have done a lot of inner work you've done a lot of outer work and you have shown up in ways that sometimes you felt like you had to hide who you were you had to over explain what you were doing so that you can be taken seriously so that you can be seen so that you can just feel like you are a part of that thing and the fact that you have that much consciousness to you, the fact that you care that much to do all that work, I know you are incredible deep down. I know that you are looking to spew out to everyone in the world who will listen how good you are at the thing you do or how much knowledge you have or how much wisdom you have or what desire is really allowing you to be expansive and share with others. And so what I really hope you take from this piece of my mental health moment is that You don't have to prove to anybody why you are the way you are, why you move the way you move, why you talk the way you talk, why you show up to the things you show up to. Whatever it is that you are connected to, you are a genius in that thing. You are, you have mastery there. Let your mastery speak for itself. Let your work show for itself. Someone doesn't want to believe you. Someone doesn't want to take you seriously. Do not let that make you small. Instead, the opposite. Be bigger, be better, show up grander. And you'd be shocked at the heads that roll when they see how successful you are, how expansive you are, and how much you have to offer. This is your life. This is your experience. Stop letting these other people, these other things, get in the way of you seeing that, not only about yourself and for yourself, but just believing that. That is the number one thing I think I'm really working towards, and I can be really vulnerable and share. Like, I want to deeply eradicate the fear of not being taken seriously not and I think my fear comes even from more of I have such a niche job right like I am a spiritual life and business mentor I literally help people come back to their deepest desires and then we create action around that desire we remove blockages from that desire and we do so from the lens of spirituality from the lens of you know karmic and generational patterns for lack of a better word I had so many different words coming into my brain at that moment um we do that by changing behaviors and to some people that can seem so different 
And I think sometimes because it's so different, when I have to show up to my business, sometimes I can get in my head and I'm like, how do I, how do I show people that I actually, I know what I'm talking about and I'm really, really good at what I do. And I think that's just something I'm ready to drop. I am so much more than just a business coach. I am a healer through and through. I am a seer. I can see what's wrong. I can see where you're getting in your own way. I can see your blockages. And I'm simply here to help you navigate that blockage, eradicate it entirely, and let you go back and live your best life. I shouldn't have to prove to anybody why I am that seer or how I got, like, that doesn't matter. What matters is that I know what I'm talking about. I can show up boldly in that way. And I know that when I help these women and I have evidence of this, their lives changes forever and for the better. And like, that's that. Like, boom, mic drop, blah, right there. (laughs) To wrap this and bring this all together, what I will say is I really want you all to understand and to feel deeply that you don't owe anyone an explanation. You do not need to be afraid of needing to convince other people around you that you know what you're talking about or that you know who you are. You do. You do know who you are. You do know what you're talking about. And the only thing you are responsible for is the way you move, how you show up, and your actions. Okay, and the last piece of my mental health moment is I had a really interesting breakthrough around my identity that I think it's really impactful to share with you all. So I had a um, experience with one of my mentors this past week where she had asked me when I think about like the archetype of me being like the boss lady that I am like what does she look like literally physically like what does she wear and one of the things that I've been trying to recently go through ironically enough is my closet so much of our identity is like physical it's visual right so I think that for so long I held these identities of what I did with my life that now that this is what I do I literally sit in my home in my office like I visually don't know how to represent myself within my clothing so I'll give you an example when I was a professional dancer when I would go shopping I I was looking to be on trend I was looking to be cool I was finding outfits that I would look really cool and also feel really good dancing in and showing up in and those those pieces were typically pretty versatile where I could take those pieces and you know, wear them on a night out with my friends or on a date night. Then I became a yoga instructor from yoga instructing to managing. And so I always had the hottest like outfits, athleisure wear. So I'd have the matching legging set with a cute top with a really awesome like crop sweatshirt and like different pairs of sneakers. And like then that whole world took a whole shift for me. And I felt really great in what I was wearing, but it was a huge representation of what I did for a living. So now that what I do for a living is literally helping other women, I sit in a desk in my own office, I can go to cafes, I can work for myself, but like there is no restrictions here, right? I'm not going into a corporate office where like slacks are a must. I'm also like not working in an environment where I have to be really cautious about what I'm wearing or I have to be really considerate. Like, no, I can literally do whatever I want. And I realized in that freedom, I actually struggle every day with getting dressed because I don't know what to wear. I don't know what my identity is when I have to be a certain role within my business. And so one of the breakthroughs that I had is that I I haven't sat enough with myself of like, what, what do I like to wear? What is my visual expression? What is my identity when I'm not so worried about the title? So when I'm not being a yoga teacher, when I'm not being 
you know, a dancer? Like, what does Alex like to wear that's comfortable, but it's still stylish? And it's not just like, sometimes I found myself in the last couple weeks, like, throw on the nearest sweatshirt and sweatpants, but like, that doesn't feel good. I want to feel good in what I'm wearing. Um, and And I want my identity to be really, a really strong representation of me. I, I want to feel cute. I want to feel put together. I want to feel good. And so I'm trying different outfits on. So every day I put on an outfit and if I love it and it feels good, I keep it. If I put something on and I'm like, ooh, no, this doesn't feel good. I have to ask myself, like, does this not feel good because this is not me? Or do, like, do these things just simply not match? And so if I can sit there and say, okay, no, like, this doesn't feel like me anymore. I have either outgrown this or, like, I don't even know how I ended up with this. Immediate, like, goodwill pile. Like, immediately giving this away. And so I'm sitting with that for a while. I think it's really, like, I know it sounds very small. We're just talking about clothing. But no, like, this is a huge piece of my identity I'm really trying to discover. And I'm really trying to sit in the worthiness. I'm worthy of knowing what I feel good in and, and wearing really fun, cool, and eclectic things out. I started my Pinterest board. and She gave me a whole exercise to do. And it was really interesting even to see some of the things that I really wish I could wear. And sometimes I don't even know if I could pull off. Like, I think a dream outfit of mine would be like a really cool pair of sneakers, big baggy like cargo sweatpants, a really cute top and like an oversized button down with like my hair slicked back in a bun, big gold hoops and a cute big bag. Like to me, that's just so fun. It's urban. It's comfortable, but it's a statement still. Um, You know, it's not tomboyish, but it's not super, super girly. And I, I struggle with making that vision come to life. And I realize it's not only just like the access of like finding where I'm going to actually find those pieces of clothing, but also just like, do I wear something like that? Like, would I actually look cool in something like that? And I think that's even the difference in language that I'm trying to figure out for myself. It's not about me looking cool in something like that. It's about me feeling as cool as I know I look in something like that and feeling good about it. And I think sometimes... I'd be curious to hear from the moms out there in the world that are listening to this podcast. Like sometimes you feel like you have to dress yourself based on like a what's easy and comfortable, but then B it's also like, well, what does a mom wear? Like what does this type of person wear? Even the corporate girlies out there, like, well, what does, you know, a corporate girly wear? Oh, black slacks and a shirt. But like, what if it is more than that? What if it's not just black slacks and a shirt? What if you do get these really cute, awesome pair of like Aritzia slacks, have like a really cute chic belt? Like, what if you get really fun with what the top looks like? I don't know. Like, I just, I really want to challenge everyone to ask themselves, like, are you settling in the clothes that you're even in, in your physical identity? Are you not allowing yourself to be seen? Are you actually like stifling your creativity, like making yourself a little bit smaller by not fully understanding who you are from a visual perspective. Just something, just some food for thought, something that I'm sitting with. And so it's funny and ironic because as I'm recording this, I'm in like an old Victoria's Secret pink sweatshirt with like my like really comfy sweatpants and a pair of fuzzy socks. And the truth is, is that I'm not getting rid of this outfit because not only am I really comfortable, but I think that there's layers of this outfit that I think once I start to really build, you know, 
my wardrobe. I start to really build what I want. I'm going to be able to release this because I'll replace it with the exact look I'm looking for. But it's right now I'm just trying to get comfortable in my identity and my style when I don't allow myself to get you know, wrapped up in my career, wrapped in what I think I'm supposed to look like and just come back to what does it feel like? Like, how do I want to feel today? And can I have a vibe? Can I have an outfit that matches that feeling? And that is a like visual representation of what I do and how I feel when I do it. And one last thing before we like move into the main topic. And I feel necessary to say this. I wasn't going to say this. I was actually really funny. I was talking to my best friend about this. And she was like, you need to say this on the podcast. And I was like, no, like, I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to say the wrong thing. But like, this really is so much of how I feel. And so take it or leave it. Like, you could either hate what I'm about to say or you could be like, yes, girl, I agree. Here we go. It's so ghetto out here. And by out here, I mean earth. I mean earth. I mean the experience of just being a human. I feel like it's like the Bravo television for the aliens. Like, it's so ghetto out here. Like, it is ridiculous. I, it's that TikTok sound that's like, stick and twisted, stick and twisted. Like, it is ridiculous out here. And so take a deep breath and please remind yourself you are so impressive and gracious and smart and beautiful and it's amazing that you're able to navigate this very ghetto world right now (laughs) like it is so ghetto out here but you are in your bag be in your spiritual bag honestly like get grounded in your bag remember that like you are focused and working and healing and you're doing all the work necessary so that you can live a really fulfilled life. You can make this experience 10 times less ghetto. So I just wanted to end my mental health moment with just the hot reminder that you are healing, you are in your spiritual bag right now, and you are doing all of the right things, even if sometimes it feels hard and it feels like an uphill battle baby girl you look good doing it you look good you are a survivor you are strong and you're living and I think you need to remind yourself of that today like you need to be gracious with yourself and remind yourself like you're just out here doing it okay so let's dive into the main topic I think it's crazy that literally every time I sit to record these episodes I'm like I'll probably just be like a half hour like half hour Uh uh-uh it's 34 minutes and 30 seconds at this moment of recording and I It is not, like, it is not going to be. These are hour-long episodes. Welcome. Anyway, main topic for today. Today we're going to talk about the girlies who are the real girls' girls. Let me break it down already. A couple weeks ago, I think it is now two episodes ago, I talked about my relationship that I healed with women. And just, I, I carried a wound around women for a really long time. I think that was, like, a big piece of my childhood honestly um and I think that when I had said that I didn't realize how many people would reach out to me and be like yeah me too like that is something I didn't even realize I was struggling with or like yeah I've always struggled to maintain you know the relationships I have with women in my life and so today I really want to break down this term that we we use really often which is women empowerment I really want to break that down And I also want to break down and do a deep dive into the relationship that we hold amongst each other as women and sometimes why it can be so toxic while also at the same time holding space for the girlies who are out there that are really just 
looking for connection, looking for validation in their experience, looking to be seen and so deeply and honestly have to deal with other unprocessed and unhealed people and other women in general that just make it really difficult to be out in the world and to be yourself. You know, we talk about this so much on this podcast. I I bring it up probably weekly and I'm bringing it up again. As women, we hold a lot of responsibility. Just innately, we have a lot of responsibility. Whether it's societal, whether it's expectational, whether it's cultural, we just, it's a part of this piece of the human experience, being a female, being a woman. And I think that that's where I really wanted to take time today to make sure we had this conversation of like, what does it really mean to be a girl's girl? Because it is our sacred responsibility to show up for each other. And I think that we have lost that in our programming. We have lost that in some of the situations and some of the things that you know, we've put ourselves in something I've been talking about a lot with my clients lately is like this freedom of, you know, identifying friendships, this freedom of feeling seen in the communities and in the circles that you surround yourself with and like unlearning circles that you don't have to be in while also accepting and opening yourself up to new circles of women who actually do support you. And I want to say that like, I even to this day still like have experiences with women that I don't necessarily love. I would like to call myself one of the girls' girls. I'm probably one of the girliest girls there is out there. I rep women hard. And at the same time, there are some women who I think don't, not only don't reciprocate that, but also have so many different wounds within themselves that they have not allowed themselves to be open to discovering the value of what it really means to have women in your life. So that's what I really want to dive deep into today. I really want to talk about our, for lack of a better word, women wounds. I don't really know if that's like a thing, but I'm making it a thing right now. Our women wounds. I also want to say I'm bringing this up today and I'm actually going to pull up my phone because I'm bringing this up today on the day that it's funny I knew I wanted to talk about this this is actually inspired by my sister-in-law she was like Alex I really want you to talk about this and I felt so connected to it especially with the feedback that I got for when I had mentioned about the sister wound I had spent most of my life healing um I have to see if I can find it so I opened my Facebook up today which I'm not a very big Facebook user like I'm definitely not an avid Facebook user I just I go on there basically if I see a notification or I'll post like from my Instagram directly to my Facebook So for some reason, I opened up my Facebook today, and it's not popping up now, but the most cryptic, here I found it, memories, the most cryptic message came up on my Instagram. I'm going to read it to you. On this day 12 years ago, October 30th, 2011, it reads, the sad part is I needed you growing up, yet now you're just a topic of conversation. Who was I? What was I going through? The truth is I was going through one of those women wounds. I was going through one of those moments where I probably really needed support and just didn't have it. And also that's not to say like I have one of the most incredible mothers in the entire world. Like this is not a mother wound, which I think is very different than like a sisterhood wound, like a girl's girl wound. But I don't know what baby Alex was going through. 2011 meant I was a sophomore in high school. Girl, you you poor little baby. Like, if I could go and hug you and just be like, it ain't that big. Like, you're going to be okay. (laughs) 
Either way, um, yeah, I think it's important that this is today's topic. I And again, like I do want to stress this. There's a lot of different wounding you could have around female energy in general. For me, this specifically looked like a sister wound, and it has nothing to do with biological siblings. or not. It more has to do with the relationship that you curate with the girls in your life that are around the same age that you're in building relationship with. There are some women who have mother wounds, who have like mother-daughter wounds. Um, there are some women who just, they don't even define it by like the title of someone in their life it could just be a female wound in general and today I want to talk about the generalized experience of that um, while also putting an emphasis just on how we can empower each other better and be supportive of each other so I want to stress here that like women empowerment is important because like I said earlier, like, we have an extra set of responsibilities, and there's a clear inequity for women, right? Like, we are paid less than men. We are, and it goes back to even what we were talking about at the beginning of this podcast of, like, we're paid less than men. Sometimes we're taken a lot less seriously than men. Like, there are a lot of inequities that are obviously important that we should talk about. But I think that it's like, yes, we ride for women, but, like, I today want to take it even deeper than that. In the Western world, in Western culture, which is where a majority of us live, while listening to this podcast we have a hard time looking at femininity as a good thing we are sometimes brought up thinking that if you are sensitive if you are emotional if you are in tuned with your femininity you are somehow soft and not the good soft like you are somehow like not a strong person we confuse being a warrior being someone who's strong someone who is fierce someone who is fearless with having a lack of femininity when that it's actually not true in order to be a warrior in order to be strong in order to be fearless fierce you have to be feminine you have to have a layer of creativity, a layer of emotional intelligence, of understanding. That is what makes you a warrior. But we'll we'll get into that now. Sometimes the emotional side of things, sometimes the creative part of things, the, um, the way I look at it is feminine. It's flow. Like those things are sometimes looked down upon. And especially in the Western world, we're told we have to be tougher. We have to go harder. We have to, like, we have to do more. We have to have more action. We have to have more things. We have to be these, like, big, strong versions of ourselves. And, like, don't get me wrong, I'm, I love identifying myself as a strong, independent woman, but I would not be strong. I would not be independent. I would not have this much drive or ambition if I didn't understand my femininity, if I didn't understand my flow, if I didn't understand my creativity. Think of it this way. Like I could, I could do all the action in the world, but if I didn't understand how to make it cohesive in my life and really build a life from it, then what's the point? Like then you're just going to do all the work, 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 have no fulfillment, have no enjoyment, have no joy. And and dig yourself into a hole of like misery that's a real life thing so today's double tap on women empowerment I also really want to highlight how we have created a culture of just not being in touch with our femininity how we've created a culture of not being in touch with our creative flow and how that has been a standard that's kept us away from building strong relationships with other women in our lives because I think that 
sometimes we can look at the nourishment that we get out of our relationships that are supposed to be nurturing, that are supposed to be creative, that are supposed to be insightful. And I think that if we don't have a good hand in those spaces, if we're not healed through those things, then sometimes our words, our actions, and the way we show up to relationships can come off incredibly toxic. And I think that's what I've seen the most. And I'm going to talk a lot about my personal experience a little bit later. But I think one of the things that I've seen the most is that when someone is unhealed in their femininity, when someone is unhealed in their just creative experiences and visions, the projection that they put onto other people is the most toxic part because there's a layer of shame and expectation that the other person on the other end just doesn't deserve because you're not processed in it. So first and foremost, I'm going to break down for you what it, what I mean when I say masculine and feminine. So when I say masculine energy, I don't want you to think man. I don't want you to think men at all. I want you to think more action. I want you to look at masculine energy as an opportunity for you to see operation, for you to see action, for you to see boundaries, for you to see the doing, the work of it all. I look at masculine as the blueprint. It is the sense of direction. It is the plan. It is the compass, right? Like it is the driving force that it doesn't have as much emotion. So there's not creativity, but it's the structure. That's the best word for it. Your masculine energy is your structure. So I like to define myself in my masculine when I am getting shit done. When I have a list and I'm crossing all the things off that list and I can do so neutrally, meaning I'm not charged by the reactivity of energy. I'm not doing something in spite of somebody else. I'm also not like hustling and working myself to the bone and to the ground because I feel like I have to. No, like masculine energy to me is just structure. I have a plan and I'm participating in the plan. And the plan is created, that masculine energy was created from a desire. What fills the plan in, the actual action within the plan, that to me is feminine energy. Feminine energy, in my opinion, in my own words, is flow. It is creativity. It is the color. So if we're talking about the structure that is masculine energy, femininity is like the paintbrushes and the different colors and the different different aesthetics that we're using to fill in that structure. And so the idea is, is that in our life, we have a balance of both. We drive masculine energy as action and as structure and as a way for us to safely play. And we use our feminine energy, our femininity, as a way to color in those lines, to color a beautiful, gorgeous painting for ourselves that's really rooted in desire. It's rooted in connection. It's creating flow, not force. Masculine is force. Feminine is flow. You should never have to force the things in your life. You should never have to go against the grain when we talk about our own experiences, especially in our own healing. Now, don't get me wrong. When I say go against the grain, I'm not talking about a comfort zone. I'm talking about something that intuitively and in your gut feels wrong, but you do it anyway. That's you acting out of the masculine, out of an unhealed masculine. So if you ever have felt like, I know I should be doing this, but that doesn't feel good enough, but instead I'm going to do this. 
That's you speaking from the masculine. Actually, a great example is what we talked about earlier. Speaking of your masculine or, or working from a wounded masculine place is when you know you need to rest, you know you're burnt out, but if you rest, you shame yourself for taking that space instead of like cleaning or instead of doing something else. And so you overwork yourself. You put yourself in overdrive just to feel like you're doing something. That's you working from a wounded masculine. A healed masculine would be kind of like what we were talking about a little bit earlier, which is I know that I have this long list of things to do, but right now it doesn't feel good to do that because I'm exhausted. So I'm actively going to rest and then I'm going to make a really beautiful and sound plan for the rest of my week to make sure that that thing gets done. That's operating from a healed masculine. That's operating from a place of intuition, but also balance, being able to have flow rather than force in your life. Now, let's talk about operating from a healed or rather a wounded feminine. Um, A wounded feminine looks like avoiding all your emotions and feelings. So avoiding conversations or avoiding relationships or avoiding intimacy in your life because you don't want to feel. You don't want to fill in the lines. You don't want to have this big, beautiful picture. You've convinced yourself that as long as you do, 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 if you have to stop and feel, it's going to be the end of the world. That's moving from a wounded feminine. Another way you can move from a wounded feminine, which is actually the way that you see it a lot when you talk about having a bad relationship with other women in your life is when you are so deeply in your victimized state of being a woman or being a person that you allow your reactions and you allow your projections to rule your life. I really want to give you a couple examples. I almost feel like the best way to describe all of this is almost to list it out because I think as women we've all seen this with other girls before and it's just it's easier this way. So if someone's really wounded in their feminine they have a really difficult time communicating and being honest with what they're experiencing um they have a tendency to gossip or judge someone or compete even like have you ever felt like someone's just like weirdly competing with you for no reason um they feel threatened or jealous by the success or like by the beauty of somebody so really just like for no reason picking at what someone what you might look like or why you have something better than them or why it needs to be a certain way um they have a habit of comparison or a habit of explaining why they aren't the way you are why there's something different that you have um there's a tendency for them to really disconnect and isolate themselves from anything that's going to be a female community so if you ever see that there's a party or a gathering or an event that is heavily female driven they're doing everything in their power to avoid it to talk down on it or to not even be there these are people who do everything they can to stay as far away as possible from events or experiences where they're going to have to be empowered by who they are and like stand in their femininity and they'll use excuses like oh like I'm protecting myself or oh like I don't vibe there oh like I don't you know I don't I don't fit in there I don't feel good there and like you know, to each their own. Obviously, I'm a big advocate for like, you don't have to fit in in every single space. Like you should go to places you belong. But there is a really striking difference when someone is avoiding having to be themselves and avoiding their inner trauma or avoiding their wounds versus somebody who just genuinely doesn't vibe or like doesn't belong in that circle. There are very big differences. Um, 
they have a history of falling out with a lot of female friends or female family so they don't have great relationships just with females in general I think it's like kind of a red flag at least for me personally like it's a red flag if you can't name like a solid set of at least three best friends that are girls and they can be family or friends but like you should have at least three girls that you can go to that are like your ride or dies and like they should almost be even ride or dies with each other like that's that's a thing um and the last thing is just like harboring unresolved trauma um or like wounds with other women so think of it this way it's like the girl that you could have an argument with and like not only does she bring up all the things from the past but like all the things from the past that have already supposedly been resolved like she just can't let them go I mean, the list can go on and on, obviously, right? Like, we can go on and on and on about all of the different ways that this is going to show up for people. But, like, it's not to say even if even if what I just described is what other people are experiencing or what you've noticed in women around you, or you can even mirror back to yourself and be like, oh, wow, like, I'm actually suffering from that. I actually don't have a girl group. I actually don't trust women. That's okay. Like, that's why we're having this conversation. And, like, I would even love to give you an example of how I even see where I can do even more healing for myself. I was talking to you guys earlier about just my my problem with my identity and clothing and I can actually tie that back a little bit to my a wounded feminine. My healed the the healed feminine version of that looks like me being able to not worry about if I can pull something off or if something is made for me to wear but rather me being able to drape myself in whatever I think I want to wear and feel really really good about it. Feel really connected and feel like I am that bitch wearing it, right? Whereas right now where I'm healing that, where I'm coming from is from a place of a little bit of like self-deprecation of like, no, nothing looks good on me. Nothing's awesome. Like nothing's great. And a little bit also of the victimization of like, I've never had to actually know who I was when I wasn't the title of my career, my profession ever. So those are the different ways you can play within the lines of your masculine and your feminine. So to recap that, masculine is action. It is structure. Feminine is creativity and flow. You need a balance of both. But now let's project that balance into your relationships. I want you to ask yourself, where do you find yourself either heavily leaning in or being extra distant? So example, if you look into your friend circle and you realize like, damn, I have no girlfriends. Like, I primarily hang around men. I have a hard time connecting with women. Don't shame yourself, but I do want you to sit and ask yourself, okay, like, where do I have a hard time being in touch with emotion? Where do I have a hard time with recognizing that when I am connected to more women in my life, that means that there is more of a a flow. There's more of a sense of nurturing, of creativity, of emotion, of sensitivity that I'm not willing to tap into. Or if you're the opposite where you're like, I have a problem with connecting with men in general. When I connect with men, I either have to do it in like a hyper-sexualized way or an intimate way or nothing at all. Like I can't have male friends who I don't like actually feel intimate with, which I actually know a lot of women who suffer from that, where they have a really hard time having male friendships in their life that aren't surrounded by intimacy. That's also you having a wounded feminine right that means you are overcompensating in your life of needing to be extra flirtatious or extra sensual or come off a certain way because just sitting in your emotion sitting in your boundaries sitting in that 
in that nourishing energy is not enough. You have to come off sexual or sensual. You can't just be yourself, right? These are all the different ways that they show up, but I want you to project this idea of like, look into your own life right now and think to yourself like, okay, like, do I have a solid balance? Do I think I can be friends with women just as equally as I'm friends with men? Do I find that I have a hard time connecting with women in general? Do I find it hard to hold female friendships in my life? Do I find it hard to find men in my life that I could have around? Or do I have a really healthy balance of both? Do I feel really good and really connective? These are all questions you can ask yourself that are going to give you really great insight of where there is work to be done on the inside, where you can do a little bit of healing so you can show up to yourself better. And that's why as women, when we think of empowering other women, we can't be specific. We have to make it a lifestyle. And this brings me to my next point. I think that When we talk about being a girl's girl and really supporting others, it's really easy, though, to judge other people and their experiences. And I am somebody, like, I have to speak honestly, like, you know, I I do this all the time. I think we all do. But, like, we look at the different decision that decisions that women make around us, and it's really easy to be really hypercritical of them, you know. It's hard to put yourself in other people's shoes, and I think that's called empathy is when you try to do that. It's another thing when you judge those shoes that someone has on or if you think you know better than them or you think that they're not doing enough, right? Like, these are all the different ways that we are specifically choosing to be a girl's girl rather than making this a lifestyle, rather than showing up to this conversation and saying, hey, like... I'm here for all the girls. I might connect or understand or I might empathize or feel seen more in this relationship versus that relationship, but there is a clear difference. And I think that when you are not healed in your femininity, when you're not healed in your sister relationships and your women relationships, it's really easy to project your dissonance and it's really easy to project where you might not be feeling seen onto other women, onto other people. That's why it's important you do this work because you don't even realize sometimes that your lack of healing or your disconnection is one of the number one reasons why you might not be able to maintain these relationships in your life. And I think where people are also missing the mark of understanding that like empowering other women and supporting women is a lifestyle. It's not a choice is that we use our own victimhood to then see other people in their victimhood and be like, okay, I'm going to support just that woman or just that person because our experiences look the exact same rather than remembering that like we are all having these same experiences. They really do just look differently. And so to only support women who, you know, specifically only look a certain way or have only specifically gone through a certain thing, like, that it doesn't make any sense you cannot double tap on the women who seem like they need advocacy or who play to your wounds we really have to think about the bigger picture here we have to think about how we can support each other and create equity for that I think that and I've seen this play out a lot it's it's really it's really interesting I think one of the things that I've seen happen is that the women who don't have good relationships with other women, the women who struggle with that type of connectivity rather than working towards an experience where they can be seen and they can really build really healthy relationships with people, they kind of have fallen into this trap of like, let me find other people who look, sound, and feel like I do. And we can all just kind of like sulk in that victimized like state. And 
that goes even outside of like if we even take that exact example and like zoom out big time it's really easy for us to fall into communities where everyone is experiencing the same thing and all of us can suffer together that's like they say misery loves company and i think from an energetic perspective that's something that we just often do to ourselves without even realizing it like without even realizing it if you're not going to take care and clean up the relationships in your life everything is a mirror you're just going to mirror back to you those same feelings and relationships over and over and over again and so it probably is wildly triggering for a woman who is not healed who is not in her bag who's not doing the work to see other women who are doing it and feel incredibly triggered and instead of looking inward looking at that mirror and being like damn you know I could do this work for myself I can start showing up for myself I can start doing these things instead she's receiving the opposite she is going to go out of her way to not only see her victimhood but also find other people who feel that way or discredit you or your experience so that she can feel whole in hers And it's not to say that women are the only ones doing this. I'm sure men are as well. But I feel like I am just able to speak on this specifically since A, I am a woman. And B, this is something I've really challenged myself to heal through and to experience. I don't think people realize that it is a big problem if you don't think you can be friends with other women. Or if you don't see that around you, you have a village or a community of other female people who are looking to support you in that creativity, that are looking to support you in that nourishment. And I think if there's anything I can emphasize or even double tap on deeper here, it's that you don't have to agree with everyone. You don't have to agree with all women. You might not even understand why these people make these decisions for themselves. And it's none of your business to under to like make them change who they are. You might not get their vibe. You might not understand them. But... I think we all need to do a better job at unlearning the projection and prioritize the relationships in our lives. Allow ourselves to be open and to be capable of exploration of these relationships for the potential that they could be, that we could see each other, that we could be there for each other, rather than projecting the fears or projecting the experiences that we once had with other women directly onto ourselves or rather directly onto them I feel like something that's super common that comes up is like oh well that's how it's always been that's how I've always had a hard time connecting with people I've always had a hard time in relationships I've always had a difficult experience doing this but that's actually not true you didn't always have that at some point there was a pattern that was created that you continuous whether you even realize it's conscious or subconscious you continue to make that pattern happen over and over and over again and the only thing that's going to stop that patterning is you and that's where you need to take back control It's not these other women or these other people that are causing the dissonance in relationship and and you being disconnected from your feminine. It starts actually with that. You have a wound around your femininity. You have a wound around trusting other women or other people. Let's say if it's not just about women. You have that within yourself. It is now up to you to do the work to start to heal that. And as you heal, you'll notice that you can no longer repeat those same patterns or cycles because those people, those opportunities, those experiences are no longer at the forefront of your life. They are no longer 
a big, deep staple of your life. They're not there anymore. And so it starts with you. You have to look around and say to yourself, if you are feeling as though you're missing, or if you're feeling disconnected, or if you're feeling like you have a wound here, like it's your job to go in and heal it. If if you can't advocate for all women, if you can't find yourself in a place that you don't have to agree with everybody, but you at least see everyone and you can empathetically understand, like that's where this all starts. And if you can't do that, then you have some inner work to do that is completely okay. We've all been there and we all have to do it. We need to, as a society and as women, come back to relearning that it is safe to be a woman in our own spaces. It is safe to feel feelings. It is safe to... uh, explore creativity in this way like these are all layers of being a woman that are very safe and very okay we have been told they have not been okay either by other women who have projected their insecurities and their personal experiences onto us or by having really bad experiences and rather than healing those experiences feeling more comfort in the victimhood feeling more comfortable in the depth the self-deprecation of it all i know i want to speak personally for a second and just you know, I think that when I look back on my my life, I don't have a lot of big T traumas. I don't have a lot of these big, what I guess what the kids are calling these days, like huge canon events that like were very traumatic and tumultuous and difficult, and especially in my early life. But the one thing that I think was a really consistent and obvious pattern was that I had a really hard time maintaining relationships, one, with women in general, and then two, just friendships in general, just overall. I look back at my experience, especially in my teenage years through high school, and, you know, whether it was because I was, you know, dancing all the time, and then from dance, I'd go to softball, from softball to volleyball, like I was such a multifaceted kid, I never really found myself in actual communities of people. Like, I never had in my school, like my best girlfriend group, like, and at the time I viewed it and it was a positive. It meant that I I was really transient in a good way. I was able to be really flexible and I was able to be a part of a lot of different groups, but there was not one group that I was a key pillar of. And I think the piece of that that I wasn't looking at where I wasn't acknowledging growing up is the fact that I actually really struggled with maintaining women in my life and having those connective relationships. I grew up and my best friend at dance, she was my best friend overall, but she only went to dance with me. She wasn't in school with me. Now that friend of mine had a really healthy relationship with women. She went on to have really beautiful friendships at her own school and would go on to college and continue to nurture these really beautiful and gorgeous experiences. And I always just thought like, maybe that wasn't for me. Like maybe that's just not in this lifetime type thing. Like this lifetime, I learned very, very early on that having women that are around your age that are supposed to be, you know, they're they're supposed to create and cultivate that sense of sisterhood. Like it's just not something for me in this lifetime. And much like I said in, in the past episodes or that we've talked about this when I brought it up the first time, like I really had to learn and my best friend Kayla really taught me that like, no, that's not true. Like I was meant to cultivate and, and learn how I can hold relationships with other women and feel really confident, really seen, really loved in those relationships as well. And so personally for me, I think the common pattern that I see in the women in my life, whether it's cultural or whether it's just personal, they tend to stick on the side of victimhood. And then on top of that victimhood, they then project their fears and their insecurities about relationships onto other women. So I'll give you an example. 
being first born here in this country, coming from a whole different culture, you know, as a woman, you're, you're really, your big responsibility is being a wife, being a mother, being the like matriarch of your family. And that is such a sacred position that I actually hold really dear. And I look forward to holding as I continue to grow. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes the sacrifices that are made rather than viewing them as a sacrifice or even feeling embodied in the choice of making that sacrifice, I think what happens sometimes is it just turns into victimhood. It turns into I didn't get to do this or I didn't get to have that because of X, Y, and Z. I didn't get to, you know, celebrate this or I didn't get to have the full attention for that or I didn't get to actually go forward in my dreams of this because of the sacrifice that I had to make or because of the circumstances at hand or because of what was more important. And so instead of seeing that as an opportunity to make sure that that's not perpetuated onto future generations or onto the other women that are in our family, sometimes, or friends even, it's not just my family, but they just sit in that victimhood. And then in that victimized state, they then project their fears and their insecurities onto the other women that are to come in the family or the other relationships that are cultivated in their friend group. And I think that to me is one of the most toxic cycles of not healing that inner feminine wound, of not healing the inner feminine. As women, generationally sacrifices have had to be made in order for us to grow as families as people and as just like humans in the world like those sacrifices just had to be made that's how we can look at our past and have current futures right and I'm not saying that we shouldn't absolutely empathize with those people with those women but we also need to keep them accountable that when you know things don't go according to plan or when you've been hurt in the past or when something has happened to you a trauma an experience a boundary being crossed It is not your responsibility to then project all of your fears, your anger, all of your problems onto other people, other women in the family, in your friend group. It is actually your responsibility to heal from that moment, to interact and communicate and experience the other people in your life differently, to to change the pattern and to break the behavior. And I think that's a huge thing that we are not taking into consideration when we actively choose not to heal these wounds. I I wish sometimes I could almost look at certain people in my life and just be like, I wish you could see the missed opportunities you had to be connected. Because I think through that connection, we would not only be stronger, we would not only be better, but we would also be able to live such a deeper, more fulfilled life. I just, I think it's wild that when I look personally in my life at the women around me who haven't yet healed these types of wounds, they're holding this expectation that the suffering needs to be bred through and through and that there is no real opportunity for loyalty. There's no real opportunity for connection. There's no real opportunity for growth that you can't give someone the benefit of the doubt. You can't assume the best in them. And I think it's really jarring for me to have those experiences because I think that it started with Kayla for me when I was in LA, but then I was really able since then to rebuild a lot of the relationships in my life that are that are driven by women. So I, you know, Kayla really helped me heal a big piece of that wound. Shout out to her. But then take that a step further. I have the best relationships now in my life with women I've ever had. My closest girl group, my girl group friends, they are 
incredible. They are brilliant. They are generous. They are profound. They are honest. And they are everything to me. Like I literally don't know what I would do without them. They are everything. And then I take that to a familial level. Me and my mother, we have never been so close. She's everything to me. I have aunts in my life who I treat like my dearest, bestest friends, my sister-in-laws, the people that either I've married into their family or they've married into mine who are just electric in their way of connection and communication. These are all women, though, that had this very similar experiences of having to relearn what loyalty, what strength, what femininity and what masculinity means in a very healthy relationship that allows us all to prosper and be sovereign together. And so I really want to take this for all of you, just really this is an opportunity for you to look into your life and see where can you do a certain layer of healing that will ultimately allow your relationships to not only become more connective, more nurtured, more creative but more fulfilled they will give you a different layer of support that we all so desperately need and they'll allow you to really see that to be a real girl's girl is to be a part of a community a part of a village a part of a world where you are empowered by your creativity you are empowered by your sensitivity you are seen for your flow and you are supported in the actions and the behaviors and in the patterns necessary to get there because that's what you're really missing out on when you don't prioritize your feminine relationships when you don't prioritize the women in your life so the key takeaways from this episode address your wounds Do not project them and expect others to meet you there. Please address your wounds. If you are somebody who's listened to this and you're like, damn, I I do, there there is some legitimacy in this for me. Please, 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 please do the work. Do not allow yourself to continue living life acting as though it's okay that you are missing this sense of connection. I can't stress you enough, even if it's subconscious and you don't realize it, you are projecting that experience on to other women, other girls, other people in your life, and you are teaching them, even if it's subconscious, a behavior and a patterning that is not supportive in them living the life of their wildest desires and in you living a fulfilled life. This isn't something that's going to go away. If you don't correct it in this life, I promise it'll come to you in the next one. So please, address your wounds and don't project them. Don't expect others to meet you in your wounded state. Be better than that. You should want more than yourself, more for yourself than that. The second thing is, if you don't have a solid set of girlfriends or if you struggle with maintaining those relationships of a specific gender, just make the acknowledgement that that's not good and it's time to make a shift. Make it an intention of yours to put yourself in communities and in experiences that are going to allow you to have these relationships with other women or other people in general. Taking notice and observing the pattern of your inability to maintain these relationships isn't a bad thing. It's really just data. It's really just information. And you shouldn't feel bad about looking inward and saying, okay, I want to make actual strides in correcting this. And the last thing is that women empowerment, being a girl's girl, showing up as one of the girlies, it is never a choice. It shouldn't be a choice. It really needs to be a lifestyle. And I think 
we stopped if we stopped competing with each other and we actually started supporting each other we would see so much more success in our lives and in our individual industries whether you are a corporate girly whether you own your own business or whether you're a stay-at-home mom i think that if we had a much healthier relationship with expressing our sensitivity and expressing our emotions without it being such a quote-unquote bad thing we would be able to see each other better and through seeing each other better we'll be able to care for each other better and through caring for each other better we would be able to make more sound and grounded decisions about what we need about what our families need and not feel bad about asking the support for it so I hope that really felt good I hope that resonated I hope this is one of those topics where I think it's it's such a nuanced space and there's a lot of different angles to look at it but this is the angle that I'm really present with right now and I hope that you're able to look in your life and see that like I love being a girl I think being a girl is one of the coolest things in the world, and I think we need to do a better job as women at communicating how cool, how incredible, how beautiful it is to be a woman, and that if we can embrace that sense of femininity, if we can embrace that sense of self, we get to unlock generations of creativity, generations of innovation, generations of acceptance, but it starts with us. If you want something done right, you give it to a fucking woman. So, like, let's take it and run with it. Also, sorry I cursed, Mom. Fun fact, Joe, my mom, she had something to say about all my cursing recently. Sorry, Joe, I care about women. Bye. <laughs> okay, on to our Healed Hotties hot takes. Uh, I love this little section. I get so much feedback from it, and it makes me really, really happy. Okay, this first one we kind of touched on, and it's going to feel pretty obvious, but, like, I really want the girlies to, like, the heeled hotties out there, no. I was just, I was just sick, and I had a cold or some sort of virus or something, and so I literally was ingesting Mucinex, NyQuil, like, Motrin. I don't think it was Motrin. I can't even say that. What's the other one? No, not morphine. What's the one? Not Mucinex. There's one that... Robitussin. I'm thinking of Robitussin. I needed something to break up the nasty cough I had. And I think that if there's anything that I want to take away as a healed hottie hot take... I think we need to start doing a better job at integrating remedies that are a little bit more natural into our everyday life. So when I was sick, one of the things I was doing was I was taking a spoonful of honey. And then this sounds kind of crazy, but in the honey, I was putting a little bit of salt, a little bit of brown sugar and a little bit of tahini. I could go into each and every one and like why I specifically picked those, but I would literally like lick that spoon and the way that my throat would clear up, it felt like I was eating a cough drop and like, It was so much better for me. I I wasn't ingesting crazy amounts of unnecessary sugar. And like it just felt, but I felt more sustainable. And so I've kept up with that. And I genuinely think that's why I was able to get back to my microphone like so much sooner. If you know me, you know I'm a sucker for making mocktails and cocktails at home. But that also means I make my own simple syrups. I've been making my own lemonades and limeades in the house. I have been kind of just making my own remedies at home my own things like you have to remember sometimes that you are your own medicine please I'm not saying don't go to the doctor I'm not saying don't take your antibiotics or the pills that are prescribed to you please I am not a doctor like please consult with an actual physician if you feel like butthole but like what I am saying is in the meantime in the in-between 
we should all be a little bit more connected to some of the the natural remedies that we have the ability to create at home. That's even like I was talking to one of my clients recently and she was like, oh, my hair is so dry. I really want to do something, but like I don't have the finances to like go splurge on a crazy hair mask. Like I found one for $200 and I was like, girl, honestly, like go on Pinterest, find, or TikTok even, find a like hair mask that has avocados in it, make it at home and like throw it in. She did it. And like literally the next week she was like, oh my God, I'm so grateful you said that. Like that was amazing. That was incredible. I'm so like that really, I needed that. So all of this to say, like you have so much power than you even realize it. You can really be your own medicine. You just kind of have to do the work and their research in the meantime to get yourself there. So go be your own medicine, go make your own things. Second thing is, and this one's kind of nuanced, but bear with me, you need to remember that sometimes it's actually not personal, they just suck. I've had a couple experiences recently that I actually am so proud of my ability to just be like, oh, I actually, like, that has nothing to do with me. I actually don't care. Like, that can't, I cannot get in the middle of that. And it's allowed me to move through things in my life so much quicker and so much more embodied because truly these things are not personal. That person just isn't healed and that sucks for them. And that's that. You Again, you need to remember that sometimes it's actually not personal. They actually just suck. One of the things I learned in therapy was like, like I used to be somebody who constantly needed to find the silver lining. I always need to find the lesson. I always need to find why it's happening to me. And something I had to learn was like, sometimes there, like the lesson is just, that's just what, that's just the way it is. Like sometimes the lesson is that's just how that person is. Like there's no like huge, beautiful silver lining and like grandstanding experience that you're here to learn. Like, no, like sometimes it's just you being able to be like, oh, if I take this situation at face value, that person just kind of sucks. Okay. Well, does it affect me? Like, like if I actually was to remove my reaction if I was to remove my feelings like would I actually just be able to get to the end of this and be like oh that stinks they suck okay let's move on so just sometimes it's obvious people are crossing your boundaries and making you not feel great and that's a whole different conversation but I think that there's something to be said for you being able to look at what's happening look at what someone says or does to you and if it's not worth communicating with them that you feel either disrespected or that you feel like your boundaries were crossed and you just can acknowledge like oh it's not personal to me they just suck that's okay and the last thing is a little bit of a challenge I want you to turn off your tv and listen to to music just listen to more music music is so healing and it really is great and I think one of the things that we get wrapped up in and like I'm huge about this is that like I can scroll on TikTok all day long I know girls who can sit and like binge watch TV all day long and it's great it's mindless it's escapism we live really hard lives I get it but I do think that there's something to be said for your ability to like turn off the you know noise of a television and just listen to good music find a playlist that fits how you're feeling like find a vibe understand how you want to feel and then play the music that puts you in that energy I want to also be careful here like if you're feeling sad girl feels it might not be the smartest to like turn on sad girl music because you're just gonna be double sad girl but like if you're in your feelings and you want to feel more empowered, you want to feel more sexy, you want to feel more happy, you want to feel more nostalgic, like music really unlocks different pieces of that. And I think it's easy to like get caught up in, you know, like calling anybody that you can and constantly talking or, you know, 
getting lost in a TV show so you don't have to like actually think about things. Like no, like let music allow you to feel things. Let it bring emotion to the forefront. Let let yourself dive into, you know, just different sounds. I've been falling asleep lately to like frequency sounds and that's been really, really impactful to my sleep when in re- like used to just fall asleep to Family Guy, like straight up the Family Guy. If I hear that theme song right now, I will knock out just out of like comfort. But the truth is, is the moment I stopped doing that and actually started like listening to sound frequencies, like it really has been such a healing experience. Same thing in the morning. Like I used to like, I have like a weird sick obsession with like paternity court. So I'd play it on my phone on YouTube while I was showering. So it's like mindless. I'm not thinking about anything. But now I've been putting on different playlists, whether it's like salsa playlists from when I was a kid that my dad would play through the house or whether it's like, you know, old songs I would listen to when I was driving through LA or driving down to San Diego um, or playlists that were curated when I used to teach yoga and I used to create those experiences they've unlocked different pieces of myself that I didn't realize I was like really craving to feel. So really dive into music. Remind yourself how healing it is. Remind yourself, you know, what those feelings and thoughts are and see how it unlocks different layers of your mind, of your heart, and just it's okay to feel those things. And that wraps up this episode. I don't know what I'm going to do about cutting these episodes in half and not letting them be so long, but I love them. I love having this open space to connect and to talk and to do all the things. I have some major big business changes coming and maybe I'll, I'm way too late into this episode. So maybe in the next episode, I can bring y'all through just some of the big changes that are happening and how good they feel. But if the work is something that's coming up often, if you're listening to these podcast episodes and you're like, damn son, I got some work to do on the inside. I want to invite you to say like, you've made it to the right place and my like dms email whatever is always open i'm all about connecting you to the right spaces that you could start that journey for yourself so please don't hesitate to reach out all my information is in the show notes whether it's in um you want to reach out to me whether it's you want to book a call whether it's you're interested in a reading of any sort it's all here for you and i hope you're living your best life right now Smile because you're gorgeous and you're perfect and you're beautiful. Talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening today. I hope that you loved this episode just as much as I did. The most supportive way for podcast creators like myself to grow is by leaving a review and rating. And if you're feeling extra frisky, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Send us a screenshot at Spiritual Baddies Club on Instagram and unlock a special gift from us to you for a limited time. This has been so fun. Now it's time to go live your best baddie girl life. I love you, hottie. See you next week.